You are listening to the Jewel City Podcast. To help spread the gospel of Jesus, give us a five-star rating. That'll help bump us up in the podcast platforms. Additionally, make sure you share it with your friends. In this podcast, we're going to hear a Sunday morning message. I feel like I'm on a, a mission, honestly. I, I'm going to be very serious. Uh, nothing wrong with me at all, except I've got a message uh, to deliver, and I, I'm just going to uh, set a little bit this morning. Uh, 28 years, uh, I've had the blessing of pastoring you great people. In 28 years, I can honestly say, I can honestly say before you and God that I have never uh, delivered a message for an individual to rebuke, to chastise, uh, to get even. I've never done that. Down through the years, there's been a few messages where I particularly um, preached for an individual to encourage them. And it was somebody I highly respect that I had reached out to this week. And I believe that God, when I reached out, I thought that God had given this message just for that individual. But as the week went along, I realized that message was also uh, for me and every individual in this room. I think we could all agree that the world is full of turmoil. And if we allow as Christians that turmoil and the attitude of the world to get upon us, then we are in the same boat as they are. And then there is no hope for anyone around us. You see, I walked in this room um, early Monday morning out in the foyer, and they must have been about 30 people here volunteering to decorate, getting ready for Christmas. And I'm telling you, I had the goosebumps come up my spine and instantly the spirit of Christmas was on me. But throughout the week, right up through yesterday, little things began to start to pile up on me and I could feel that Christmas spirit, Lynn, kind of leaving and, and that just that world spirit coming on me. And so today, even though I have a message uh, for someone I highly respect and love, I've got a message for me and for you and each one of us. Could we stand briefly as we read the word of God? I wanna go to, in the Old Testament, Habakkuk. And I don't know why they couldn't, this man couldn't have been named Fred or, or Jim or something like that. But Habakkuk chapter three, verse 19. The Lord God is my strength. I could stop there and we could go home. Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, but we're not going to. <laughs> the Lord God is my strength and he will make my feet like hinds feet. And I'll explain that a little later on. And he will make me to walk upon mine high places to the chief singer on my string instruments. Pastor Aaron, bless the reading of the word of God, please. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, you are our strength. 
and our rock, Lord God. You are Yahshua, Messiah, Emmanuel. You are Mm. God with us, Lord God. Today, Lord, I pray that you are with us, that our hearts will be open. Lord, that we would receive the word that you've prepared for us this week, Lord God. Father, we have lift you up. We magnify you in worship, Lord God, but we want to lift you up in the word today, Lord God. Father, we want to be open vessels. Lord, we want to receive, but we want to take it with us, Lord God, to pour out this week, Yahshua, on all those that we come in contact with. I pray your blessing upon our pastor, Lord God, anointing from head to toe, Lord God. Fresh manna, drop it to him, Lord God, and let it flow, Lord God. Lord, we love you and we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. I believe that my mandate today is to give you the word of the Lord that will prepare you and your heart to walk these next 20 days or so. To walk in the strength of the Lord and in the joy of the Lord. Because it not only affects you, but everybody in your household, everybody around you. You don't know that this may be your last Christmas. You don't know that this may be your last opportunity to be with your children, with your grandchildren, with your spouse. You see, we don't understand faith until something goes wrong. You have no idea, we have no understanding of what faith is until something goes wrong. Faith is a matter of relying on the Lord when our life encounters a problem. And every one of us need faith because every one of us will encounter multiple problems on this short journey of life. Sometimes it seems like in life that everything goes away. Everything at the same time. It don't come once every month or two. When it comes, it just comes like a flood. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? Just wave at me if you know what I'm talking about. So that's what happened to Habakkuk, the prophet who lived in Judah. Habakkuk was a prophet and he was a preacher, but this is not a record of his sermons. We know very little about Habakkuk. We don't know anything about his family. We don't, we, really all we know is what we can glean from these three chapters. Most prophets like uh, Isaiah, they, they was a recording of their sermons, of their messages. But that's not what we find here. Sometimes during the course of life, we're overwhelmed. And I'm like you, at, at times I'm overwhelmed and I am worried, but I've got a foundation. I'm not bragging. I've got a foundation. I've got an understanding. I I know what the word of the Lord says to me. I've fed myself. I've tried to be teachable. I've been faithful. Most people fall apart because there is very minimal foundation. You have got to come to a place, you get off the milk, get on the meat, grow yourself up and say, I am going to learn what God's plan for me and my life is. Give God a hand clap and a shout of praise. And I just killed that bug. Don't mess with me today. 
That fly landed there and I nailed him to the cross. And some of you tree huggers will send me an email this week. Go ahead. The world is turmoil tossed. And we can get, <laughs> that was good, wasn't it? I'll shake your hand a little bit. You get a little lunch. You get a little lunch. The world is, I thought it was going to be serious <laughs> till the enemy showed up. The world is turmoil tossed and you and I can get caught up in it. I said the world is turmoil tossed. But if you have a foundation, if you have an understanding, you know that you are in this world. But the Bible says we are not of this world. This is not our home. So we don't have to act like it's our home. We don't have to fall apart when the world is away. Because we got hope in Yeshua. His name is Jesus. Emmanuel, God with us. If you've got hope, give God a hand clap and a shout of praise. In Habakkuk's case, he became overwhelmed by the evil of his day. Overwhelmed by the evil of his day and he grew exasperated by what was happening around him. And this thought came to me earlier and I think it's more difficult for the older people and I'm in that category because we remember when you didn't have to lock your doors at night. We remember when you didn't have to worry about your children getting shot down in a schoolhouse. We remember when a bathroom said men's and women's, that's what it was. We remember respect and honor, the Pledge of Allegiance in our classrooms and the national anthem being sang at every one of our school events. So I believe it's just a little bit more difficult for us to handle what we see going on in the world today as older individuals. Cause the younger ones, they're growing up, this is the norm. But I got news for you, nothing's ever changed. In the back of the case, he became overwhelmed. The condition of his culture in his time. His culture had deteriorated so much, he couldn't cope with it. And everything was confronting him. He didn't understand why God would allow things to get so bad. And I get that question all the time as a pastor. I get it all the time. I got it yesterday at a funeral home. Why? Why would God allow this to happen? Can I tell you that everyone has moments of heartbreak? And perhaps maybe today you feel overwhelmed. Let me take a rabbit trail from Habakkuk. In Psalms 55 and 22, cast thy burden upon the Lord and he shall sustain thee and he shall never suffer the righteous to be moved. To be moved. Jesus said, cast thy burden upon me. So the Lord knew you would be burdened. 
He knew there would be troubles in our lives. Nothing has caught him off guard. The problem is we want to carry it ourselves. The problem is we want to get upset with God when everything is array. The problem is there's little foundation and when there's little foundation, there's very little faith. Habakkuk had one, he had a one-on-one with the Lord. He had a discussion in this small book of three chapters. Maybe that's what you and I need to do. Maybe we need to have a one-on-one with the Lord. We need to have a discussion. Let me take another rabbit trail. Psalms 34 and 15, the eyes of the Lord are upon the righteous and his ears are upon their cry. Maybe you need to talk to God. Maybe I need to talk to God in the midst of all this. Verse 17, the righteous cry and the Lord heareth and delivereth them out of all. Somebody say all. All their troubles. The Lord is nigh unto them that are of a broken heart and saveth such as be of a contrite spirit. Don't quit talking to the Lord. Habakkuk, he couldn't understand it, but he had a conversation with the Lord. Listen to this, Habakkuk, he actually told the Lord his complaint. Now see, I was raised, you don't question the Lord. And the way I was raised, it was misunderstood. You can talk to God and ask God questions, but you don't enter in and act like you're God. You can ask God why things are going on, but that don't give you the right to feel like you know more than God. Does that make any sense to you? So let's listen to his complaint. He said in chapter one, verse two, oh Lord, how long shall I cry? How long, God, do I gotta put up with this? How long do I gotta talk to you, God? He said, and thou will not hear, how long do I have to cry and I don't hear nothing from you, God? He said, even cry out unto thee of violence. All this violence is going on in my nation. All this corruption, all this evil, and I've cried out to you, and God, how long? Do I have to wait? And that will not save God. You will not save. What, what is going on here? Why doest thou show me iniquity? You show me all this and cause me to behold grievance. It hurts me, God, to see my culture falling apart. Does it hurt you to see your culture falling apart? It does. For spoiling and violence are before me. And they are those that raise up strife and contention. It hurts me when I watch on TV, people go in a store and, and with hammers and, and, and shatter the glass and take everything they want and walk out. God, what is going on? God, how long do we gotta cry when you see all that's, that's going on? Therefore, he says the law is slapped and judgment doeth never go forth. They arrest them and there's no cash bail, and I'm not being political, I'm, I'm being common sense. And let you back out in an hour and you go do it again, and again, and again, nothing's changed. And judgment doeth never go forth, for the wicked doeth compass about the righteous, therefore wrong judgment, judgment proceedeth. Habakkuk was overwhelmed by the 
breakdown of morality, the breakdown of law and order in his city, nothing's changed. And if we watch that all the time, and I have been guilty, but I've come a long way, baby, because I'm going to trust in Yeshua. I'm going to trust in God Almighty. Anybody else with me? Give him a hand clap and a shout of praise. Habakkuk, he had questions. Verse one, the burden, verse one says, the burden which Habakkuk, the prophet, did see. If you understand and you study that word burden, it means that it was a vision that he seen. And it was a heavy message from the Lord. It was a burden. He didn't like what he seen. Why, one of the questions, why did God not answer my prayer, he says. Why did God not answer and help his people? Second question, why did God not save his people from violence? It means the violence of sin and the extreme wickedness, and that's nothing's changed. He was asking God, why are you allowing the wicked to prosper and the righteous to suffer? I have people ask me that question. People look around, they see people prospering that have no faith, that don't walk with God, hold on. Third question, why did God seem to tolerate evil? I hear it all the time. The nation of Judah was in steep decline. Imagine living in a land where law and order had been broken down, imagine. It's not been broken down because they broke it down, the law enforcements. It's because of the political powers. And if you don't like what I'm saying, I can't help it. I started to say something else, but that wouldn't have been nice. But if you're not careful, you allow that to get on you. And then you don't have nothing to give out of the Lord, I'm telling you. Habakkuk was facing personal, internal confusion, societal breakdown all around him. And then he allowed it to come on him. Then he's got a personal problem. When the society, societal problems come upon you and you find yourself in a personal problem, what good are you for the, for the outcome? Going into April 10th before I had the strokes, my mind was so messed up because of political nonsense that's going on in this country. And then the next thing I knew, I found myself having personal issues. So they were both joined and there I found myself with very little faith. I'm trying to help somebody before you need help. I think you heard me say that before. So during these times, it tests our strength, Scotty. Test our strength. John 16 and 33, he said, I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. Now listen. In this world you will have trouble, but take heart, I have overcome the world. Why don't we let him take care of the world? I didn't say stick our head in the sand. We need to know what's going on. 
But we can't allow the turmoil of the world to disrupt and steal the joy of the Lord because the world didn't give it and the world can't take it away. Come on, somebody. Bless the Lord. So honestly, this makes us say like Habakkuk. Verse two, O Lord, how long shall I cry and thou will not hear? How long, Lord, is this gonna last in my life? The Lord responded in verse five. Behold you among the heathen and regard and wonder marvelously. Now listen to this. It sounds like such good news. For I will work a work in your days which you will not believe, though it be told you. The Lord responded. He said, look at the nations and watch and be utterly amazed. Now, if you just read that and you thought, oh, wow, God's gonna make everything perfect. But when you study that, actually the Lord told him the bitter truth. Things were going to get worse, Habakkuk. That's what he's saying. And I don't want to be a bearer of bad news, but there'll be a time that things are going to get worse. But God has got an eternal plan and God will not be outdone. Somebody give him a hand clap and a shout of praise. He said, not only is it going to get worse, it's going to get so worse you wouldn't believe it if I told you. He said, your country is about to be invaded. I didn't read this anywhere, and I was praying this morning, preparing my heart to come out here, and this is what was dropped in my spirit. The invasion does not always come by a physical military appearance. I'm not talking about China invading us. I'm not talking about Iran invading us. I'm talking about there is an evil that's already invaded our nation. There's an evil. It's not always a military. In verse six and seven, the Lord said, for lo, I raise up the Chaldeans, that bitter and hasty nation, which shall march through the breadth of the land to possess the dwelling places that are not theirs. And here's what hit me this morning. He said, there's gonna be an enemy come. It's gonna take the places that are not theirs. The enemy has already showed up in the nation of America and has taken the house of the Lord in many places and it don't belong to them. We've succumbed to the presence and the culture of the world and that is why the joy is being taken from us because we have bowed down to the false gods and the culture of a godly, ungodly nation and the enemy has already taken many of our houses and they don't deserve it. It's not theirs. It sounded good, but it's, it's not theirs which shall march through the breadth of the land to possess the dwelling places that are not theirs. Now listen, it says, they are terrible and dreadful. Their judgment and their dignity shall precede themselves. The Lord went on to describe the Babylonian invasion of Israel. Now I want you to remember something. Habakkuk was already at the end of his rope before this discussion started. If you're at the end of your rope, you better tie a knot and hold on. You hear me? Because you got hope. You got hope in Jesus. 
And I'm telling you, it may get worse in the world, but if you'll build on your foundation, it'll get better for you and your household and your family and your next generation and the generations to come. You are in this world, but quit acting like you're of this world. Start acting like sons and daughters of the Most High. Huh? That's exactly right. I feel like, hey! Let it out. Talk to the enemy. Tell him who you belong to. Reminded me of Paul's writing. Here's another rabbit trail. Second Corinthians four and eight and nine. We are troubled on every side, yet not distressed. We are perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Cast down, but not destroyed. You hear me, the prophet. Back to Habakkuk, replied, how long do I have to put up with this crumbling culture? The culture, I'll tell I'm just being honest with you, it drives me nuts. Drives me nuts what's going on. But I got a front end alignment. Every once in a while, the front end needs alignment on your car. I got a front end alignment. The Lord replied, he said, not much longer. See, our time's not his time. He's got an eternal plan, oh yeah. He said, I'm gonna let the Babylonians invade and destroy your land. The Babylonians, how can we describe that as today? They were wicked, ruthless, like ISIS. Cut your head off, didn't care. That's what we're dealing with. Habakkuk couldn't understand why God would allow Babylonia to invade his nation and sweep the Jews from Judah and Jerusalem, he couldn't, he just couldn't understand. He couldn't comprehend. You and I can't understand, we can't comprehend what is going on exactly. Habakkuk wanted to know how this made any sense at all. Have you ever stopped and wondered how does what's going on make any sense at all? How does, how does any of this make sense? But it does. He continues in conversation with the Lord in verse 12. Lord, art thou not from everlasting, O Lord, my God? First of all, he acknowledged God. He acknowledged God. He looks at things from the, God looks at things from the perspective of eternity and we don't. God sees the end of all this and we don't. You hear me? He continues in verse 12, you Lord have appointed them to punish us. He's saying, Lord, I know we need punished. I know we've not been what we need to be, but you're gonna have them come and punish us. They are worse than we are. Just, just be honest, can, can we just let the rubber hit the road? If we ain't careful what we say nowadays, if we disagree with anybody, they will want to come and punish us. And I'm thinking, Lord, they're worse than we are. Nothing has changed. Why would they come and punish us? Verse 12, he continues, you, Lord, have appointed them to punish us. He continued in verse 13, thou art of pure eyes, than to behold evil. He says, God, you are holy. How come you are tolerating this and canst not look on iniquity? God, you can't look upon it. 
Why are you tolerating it? Wherefore, lookest thou upon them that deal treacherously? He said, you're looking at it. And then you hold your tongue when the wicked devoureth the man that is more righteous than he. God, you see it, and you're not doing anything about it. We may have our own problems, Habakkuk's complaining, but the Babylonians are viler than we are. Stand with me. How is it right for them to destroy us? Habakkuk was grappling with the deepest questions that we all ask. Why does God allow bad things to happen to good people? Why does he allow bad things to happen to us? Why does God allow my son to die? I hear it. Why does God allow my daughter? Why does God allow my grandchild to have cancer? Nine o'clock this morning, I called somebody that taught me how to water ski when I was 15 years old. I said, did you get your biopsy back? He normally sits right back there. He said, yes, he said, I got pancreas cancer. Why does God allow these things to happen? I could go on and on, why? I want a child, and why can't I have a child? Why can't this, why can't that? Why does God allow bad things? Why does life seem so unfair? Why do the wrong people seem to always win? There's something we can learn here from these three chapters. Very important that you understand this. Despite his sincere questions and his sincere complaint, Habakkuk was humble. Habakkuk approached God with humility. He was careful not to sound arrogant. We must remember who God is in comparison. He is the creator of all of heaven and earth. He is the creator and we are the created. So we question, but be, be careful not to have arrogance the prophet declared God's faithfulness. He said, God, you're, you're faithful and reminded himself of the eternal unchanging nature of God. Habakkuk finished his part of the conversation and he moved into chapter two and he said, and I believe, I believe this is the title of the message. I don't even think I said it. Process your problems and arrive at praise. And I believe this was the turning point of his attitude. In chapter two, verse one, he said, I will stand upon my watch and set me upon the tower and watch to see what he will say unto me. Habakkuk said, I'm gonna stand. I'm gonna watch and I'm gonna wait on God. So when it seems like everything in your life is array, you need to stand. And you need to watch and you need to be patient because God never sleeps nor slumbers. And God never makes a mistake. And God is one that cannot lie. And when the dust settles, you'll still be standing. Give God a hand clap and a shout of praise. So he asked God that question. It didn't take long for the answer. Sometimes it does take long in your life. Listen to verse two. And the Lord answered me. <laughs> I love this. 
He said, write the vision and make it plain upon tables that he may run that readeth it. Now listen to what he said in verse three. The vision is yet for an appointed time. God said, I got a plan and I got an appointed time. But at the end of it, it shall speak and it won't lie, he said. Though it may tarry, wait for it because it will surely come. It will not tarry. Watch and wait because God is faithful. And God's got an eternal plan and every knee shall bow. In heaven, on earth, and beneath the earth, God's got a plan. Translation, write this down. He says things will happen in sequence and my divine plans will come to pass at the appointed time. When life doesn't make sense, anybody ever been in a place in your life, it just didn't make sense, wave at me. Anybody, anybody? When life doesn't make sense, we need to wait because it's all going to work out for God's plan. Romans 8 and 28, for all things work for the good for them that love the Lord and are called according to his purpose. His purpose. God has a plan and it's undeniable and it's irreversible. And every demon in hell can't stop. Every evil on this earth cannot stop the plan of God. God is God. Amen. And God will have the final say. Give him a hand clap and a shout of praise. So what then do we do? Somebody say, what do we do? We gotta trust him. Because those who please God must live by faith. We gotta trust him. Habakkuk 2 and 4, behold, his soul which is lifted up is not upright in him. Now listen, but the just shall live by faith. There comes a time when all you can do is live by faith, amen. We can't figure everything out. Proverbs three and five, trust in the Lord with all your heart. This verse does not provide the answers, but it provides rest when we trust in him. Would you rather have all the answers or would you rather rest in the palm of his hand? The one that is the creator and the one that has all the answers. I know people in this room are going through some difficult times. I look around right now, I could call people out that has been through what I pray to God I never, never have to go through. But I'm telling you, process your problems and arrive at praise. Praise will pull down the strongholds in your life. Arriving at praise after his confession, after his confusion, after his conversation with the Lord, Habakkuk had a change of perspective. He processed his problems and he arrived at praise. And that burden of deep anxiety was lifted. Anybody, anybody, be honest with me. Struggle with the burden of anxiety getting on you. Be honest, be honest. Habakkuk grabbed a hold of God's long-term plan. See, we wanna grab a hold of today. God's already stepped into tomorrow. God is eternal. So Habakkuk composed a song. 
a hymn and it's recorded in chapter three and I'd like to read it to you. Although the fig tree shall not blossom, neither shall fruit be in the vines. The labor of the olive shall fail and the fields shall yield no meat. The flock shall be cut off from the fold and there shall be no herd in the stalls. He said, if famine arrives, if I'm in the midst of starvation and none of us look around, none of us have been there. He goes on in verse 18, yet I will rejoice in the Lord and I will joy in the God of my salvation. And then the final verse is what I opened up the message with. The Lord God is my strength. And he will make my feet like the hind's feet, like a deer's feet. And he will make me to walk upon mine high places to the chief singer on my stringed instruments. He says, he comes to the conclusion, no matter what happens in my culture, no matter if I starve, God, you're my strength. And I will serve you. So matter, no matter what goes on in your life, shake off the world's attitude. Shake off the world's spirit. And say, though he slay me, I will serve him. Give God a hand clap and a shout of praise. When nothing makes sense, nothing in trouble seems more than you can bear, remember, that God gives you strength. You get alone and you have a talk with God. I've had people tell me, I don't know how to pray. If you know how to talk, you know how to pray. Why do we act like we gotta approach God with some, oh, holy father? Why don't you say, God, here I am. God, I'm down. I'm discouraged. I don't like what's going on in my culture. I don't like what's going on in my community. God, I don't understand it. God, I need a word. God, I need you to help me. God, I can't see. I don't know. Quit trying to grab a hold of today and grab a hold of eternal God's plan and say, God, no matter what happens, God, I'm coming to your house. No matter what happens, God, I'm still going to pray. I'm still going to read. I'm still going to serve you. I'm still going to give. I'm still going to smile. I'm still going to sing. I'm still going to shout. I'm still going to pray. Because God, you are worthy. If he's worthy, give him a hand. Oh. Turn around and look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, help me make it. Turn around and look at your other neighbor and say, neighbor, forgive me. I gotta help, I need help, I need help. Tell somebody you need help. Look around, tell somebody you don't even like. Say, hey neighbor, I need some help. I need some help. We're all in it together. One last time, 30 seconds. Give him a praise and watch your anxiety leave. Oh, say thank you, God. Somebody say thank you, God. Somebody say thank you, God. Thank you, God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, I feel like running. I said I feel like running. Anybody feel like running? 
Anybody feel like you've been revived? Uh, sometimes you just got to think yourself happy. Sometimes you got to think yourself happy. Sometimes you got to make yourself happy. is to the Christians, people that have prayed and asked God to forgive them of their sins. Have you felt like you've just been overwhelmed? Just raise your hand. Raise your hand. Just be honest. Raise your hand. Say, I just feel like I've been overwhelmed. Father, I pray right now, God, that that spirit of heaviness would be lifted. That we would step into a season, God, of freedom, of liberty, God of thanksgiving. Lord God, the world, they didn't give us that spirit of anxiety. God, you give us a spirit of a sound mind, of love. Lord, let us walk in that. As every head is bowed and every eye is closed, maybe you've never prayed the prayer and asked Christ into your life, asking to forgive you of your sins right where you're at. I'm not going to come to you. I'm not going to drag you down here. But you'd like to step out of that world and step into the family of God. Oh, hallelujah. If that would be you right where you're at, slip your hand up real high. Again, I'm not going to come to you, but today you would like to make a decision to follow Christ. 
Is there one in the house? Be honest with yourself. Is your heart right with God? Do you have eternal reservation in heaven? Do you have the guidance of the Father? If that's you this morning and you need Christ, slip your hand up real high. Slip your hand up real high. Is there one? I'm going to tarry long. I'm going to tarry. Thank you for listening to the Jewel City Podcast. Thank you.